Good evening and welcome to Slam and Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I'm your host, Marianne Petri. Bradley's mother, Narcus Golan, passed away three months ago. He is autistic and needs structured routine and therapies he receives for his autism six days a week. However, Italy just entrusted Bradley to Italian social services. If he is rolled to go back, he will face the next three to four years in the Italian foster care system where he can't speak or understand the language. He will be then taken away from the only family he has ever known. Please call Governor Hochul at 5 5- 518-474-8390. That's Governor Hochul at 518-474-8390. And please voice your concerns to keep Bradley here in these United States. Hashtag keep Bradley safe. I have a brand new guest on. Her name is Alicia Clark Walker, and she is a mom who's been through the family court out of Rensselaer County, located in upstate New York. She has a troubling case in which multiple judges violated several parts of her First Amendment rights and her right to choose a religion, her right to freely assemble, and her right to speak freely. Alicia had full custody until May of 2019 at a custody hearing when Judge Catherine Chalakis gave full custody to the father, a registered sex offender. Judge Chalakis claimed that due to Alicia's Buddhist beliefs that the mother would not take the children to the doctor. So the custody order was switched. Alicia played along with the supervised visitations till the father recused every supervisor put forth except himself. The mother no longer enacted supervised visitations for two reasons. The father would change his mind on a whim and cancel supervised visitation and new details came out that the father sexually assaulted a supervisor. The victim testified at trial on that. Worse yet, she is currently barred and will be for almost two more years from even seeing her two children. And I'm going to read the uh, part of the temporary order that was signed by the infamous Judge Anthony McGinty, who handled Francesca Amato, who is a best-selling author of Punished for Protecting. He writes, now, therefore, it is hereby ordered that Alicia Clark Walker, date of birth, 11-21-1979, observe the following conditions of behavior. And he has check applicable paragraphs and subparagraphs. Stay away from the home of her daughter, date of, well, date of birth, we'll just say. and her son and the school of her daughter and her son. So she has to stay away from the home and the school is further ordered that this temporary order of protection shall remain in force until and including February 6th, 2025. And, uh, This is just an absolutely disgraceful order by Judge Anthony McGinty as he participates not only in parental alienation, but child psychological abuse. And I welcome you, Alicia Clark Walker, the Slam the Gavel podcast. Where do you stand now with all of this? Well, thank you first for having me and telling me the story. I'm a big fan of uh, your book. Oh, thank you. uh, I stand right now where I received this two-year restraining order um, from my children and uh, the school. 
and um, I have no contact with my children currently, and I haven't for almost two years. In that decision that you read a part of, the judge um, issued six months of therapy for myself, even though I have no criminal history, no drug history, no mental health history. I, in that order, it's named that the father gets to choose the therapist and the father gets to make the recommendation whether he thinks that I'm mentally sound to see my children. In the same decision, Judge Anthony McGinty ordered me almost $800 a month in child support, even though I'm unemployed and even though I had full custody for a time, claiming that I'm smart enough to go out and get another family business that we co-owned, um, but I'm not smart enough to talk, speak, or have any contact with my children or the school is kind of, is where it stands right now. Well, it seems like he can't have it both ways. Um, you know, taking your children away based on religion and these other things he's coming up with, but yet you can immediately just start a million dollar business out of the air. Yes, correct. It, I believe it was punishment mm -hmm. for speaking out um, against the court system in New York State. I believe this decision was purely punishment for that because the there's been several incidents where my children have um, come to me about um, sexual innuendos with mm -hmm. a paramour who runs a BDSM business out of the children's home. Um, so I believe it's that, the attorney for the child. Um, they want this all to just be swept under the rug. And I've been very vocal about my case. I've had three or four gag orders placed on me um, by numerous different judges, including Judge King, Judge Anthony McGinty, and Judge Richard Rivera, not to speak about the case, not to speak about the children, to protect their favoritism for registered sex offenders and BDSM sex work. Mm-hmm. And during this, was this paramour ever put on the stand and questioned about her line of work? Yes. Uh, during trial, she was. And the defense from the attorney for the child, Douglas Broda, and their defense was that she does not do these activities out of the home. Therefore, the children are not exposed. But I have sent numerous exhibits in that trial saying she does work out of the home and my you know counter defense to that was that bdsm is a lifestyle she is this paramour miss mistress couple is her name is very proud and vocal about her bdsm work she's on amazon she's on every social media instagram snapchat um TikTok, uh, Playboy, uh, very, very vocal, very proud of her BDSM work. She's an author as well. And um, I believe that this type of lifestyle 
the kids are exposed because it's a lifestyle. It's just not a job to her. And she has been on Amazon claiming that she can't wait to give love letters from her sex slaves to her children. I brought that as evidence into, mm -hmm. into court that she's on the record stating that she dresses up as I believe it's called horseplay and goes to different parades and encourages um, children to interact um, with bondage and horses. She's on record saying that. Um, and I put that forth in front of the court and numerous evidence of her working BDSM out of the court system. My daughter has told me numerous things like um, she went to a bondage party with the father and um, the paramour, and this was put on record and uh, Walker versus Shalakis is on record. You can Google that, that um, the attorney for the father admitted that the father took um, the children there to a place of um, bondage and um, boudoir studio. So, you know, I put all that evidence in front of court during trial and it was basically just ignored and their defense was that the children are not exposed, even though I have a myriad of evidence indicating, implementing otherwise. That's just, uh, you know, not only disgusting, but it just amazes me that they're just letting this go. Yes, and I'm not coming at the court saying, oh, you know, this is this is untrue or she's a bad person or, you know, the father's mean to me. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's 68 pages I've sent the courts, the forensic evaluators, attorney for the child of this lifestyle, this um, involving BDSM and children and, you know, that this is all okay to everybody. So why wouldn't my children not be exposed to it? But they all have a defense of like, well, you know, it's two consenting adults and what they do behind bedroom doors isn't, um, you know, of concern. Um, and that's, that's their defense. You know, these courts demand so much out of a parent that they have taken the kids away from. I think they should just install cameras in their house so they can actually see what's really going on. I know that sounds ridiculous. I'm just saying that because they, you know, I, I, I assume it was a bias. They just didn't, these judges didn't like you. Yes, correct. Because I had uh, the guts to sue a judge uh, as a pro se litigant for um, my violation of my religious rights. Mm -hmm. Buddhists are known as a very peaceful, you know, religion. And I think it snowballed, you know, from, to, you know, how dare you shoot uh, or how dare you sue a well-known judge with a well-known father in Rensselaer County and we're going to punish you. And I don't perhaps think that they saw that, um, you know, that the registered sex offender, you know, enabling this behavior can, can gives him the the ability to do and do whatever he wants. <laughs> so he can just kick off every supervisor and he can just take the kids to a bondage party and he could just run this successful company and steal the family business and, it, and it's all okay. And then they start to, I believe, backtrack, you know, double down, um, you know, just to try and, you know, shut me up. 
is what I think is going on, is my mm -hmm. opinion. They just can't. See, I, this is just my personal belief. I think if a judge is going to deny you to even see your kids, and then you have an ex that's um, doing custodial interference by coercive control, yes, I think you should be released from paying child support. That's just that's just my thing. If you're not going to be allowed to see your kids, why should you even pay child support? Yeah, and that's a great segue into a recent case that um, was recently decided here in New York, uh, Morgan versus Morgan, 2023. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the de appellate decision, they decided that um, because of the um, coercive parental alienation by the mother, that the father wasn't required to pay child support. And that's brand new here in New York State, that mm -hmm. decision was just um, six weeks ago or so, maybe two months, something like yep. that. That's excellent. Yeah, it's. I just couldn't believe that when I read that. It's just, uh, that that's a gift to a lot yes. of parents. This is, <laughs> I can't believe something like that passed or yeah. cut through. <laughs> and if I could just read a, um, mm -hmm. a snippet that I think is um, important. In the, in the summary brief, Morgan versus Morgan, 2023, you can Google it. Um, I want to read just a quick snippet. The contention of the mother and the attorney for the child that the family care court erred in considering the testimony of the forensic evaluator because it was based on hearsay is improperly raised for the first time on appeal. So it's the appellate division one of the first times that I'm aware of actually not siding with an attorney for the child um, and was aired in that way is, is what I understand of this decision. And that's very, very rare in New York state based even on my own case, the attorney for the child can completely ignore, you know, uh, sexual allegations of the children by a registered sex offender and a, and a sex worker and give full complete control to them and the 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 oversight is is nothing and can physically assault um mothers the attorney for the child physically assaulted me and he's been sued by another mother for um in the federal courts for physically assaulting her and calling her racial slurs and he's still collecting big fat attorney for the child checks from the programs there's no checks and balances in in new york state um, among uh, many other countries that i think or many other counties and many other states um in the united states mm -hmm. Damn. Uh, yeah the behaviors i just feel that these judges are just rolling however they want to roll and they're not really following the constitution at all and there should be video cameras and tamper-proof mics everywhere in all these courtrooms. I know some of them already do, but I really think they should have the tamper-proof mics as well. So they just can't automatically mute you when they feel like it. Yeah, shout out to James Kelly, you know, for yeah. that uh, campaign to get cameras in the courtroom. And again, you know, they go to so far as for the attorney for the child physically assaulting a mother on the stand. And there's there again, no cameras and everybody said it didn't happen. 
didn't happen, you know, um, and that's okay. And they don't recuse themselves. They don't disqualify themselves. No. They can get away with anything in New York State. Well, I mean, even here in, you know, Pennsylvania, I tried to recuse based on conflict of interest and collusion, and he just wouldn't do it. They think they are so above the law, they will not do it. Yeah. So it, it's it's really it's really sad in uh, New York State that in um, many other states that uh, attorney for the child can physically assault more than one uh, woman, one more parent. Have these federal lawsuits, nineteen eighty three is like you can't do them. They're all dismissed on the federal courts. There's a trend in New York State that pro se um, filings for nineteen eighty three civil rights violations. Um, are getting just completely dismissed. I have, I've just seen them do a standardized 60-page form. Uh, if you'd like to appeal this decision of the case being heard, you can, but it's it's overwhelming to um, pro se litigants, you know, to try and go up against the system. The federal courts are not doing anything mm -mm. for the state actors that are trampling parental rights on so many different levels, you know, even the right to, you know, parents, right. <laughs> your children, let alone assault charges and yeah. religious and, you know, color and race. I mean, the list just goes on. They just do whatever they want. And to parent in the proper way so that they will grow up emotionally healthy, not around a sex offender and this bestiality lifestyle that this paramour has. I, I I just find it so dumbfounding that this has actually happened, that they have actually allowed this to happen. This is not in the best interest of the children. Yeah, let, let alone parental alienation or the you know, um, consequences of a mother completely being cut off mm -hmm. from the children's life and, you know, their, their children, they don't know why or how, or, you know, it's whatever the father tells them. And anytime that I saw the children, they would tell me things that it's just like, this is not, this is not right, but I would bring forth that. And I was, I'm, I'm, I'm a liar. Um, the children are liars. The the supervisor that was sexually assaulted is a liar. Like everybody's a liar except for the father who actually has a conviction record of, you know, drugging and raping minors. He he's not a liar. He's credible, you know. So you know what he says, you know, goes. And everybody else is 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 not credible. So women and children, like it's 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 really disturbing what is going on in the judicial system in New York state. And I agree with you, New York state, even in Pennsylvania, because I ran a federal court case that went to the appellate level. And of course they dismissed it. Mm -hmm. um, I was suing a corporation and two caseworkers and uh, another party. And no, even if you have evidence, a, a total yeah, and, and solid claim, right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's still, well, the, the judge said that he just uh, did not read the exhibits and he's just going to rule them irrelevant. 
yeah, I don't know it, what yours did, but that's what mine did. Yeah. Uh, so like I mentioned before, it, it seems to be a new trend. Any pro safe filings on the federal court are immediately dismissed. Um, I don't know if the courts are overwhelmed or if it's a, it's a act of self-protection. Um, but I mean, what do you do when, when judges have discretion to rule, um, you know, based on color, race, or religion, a uh, favorite color, race, or religion, where, what do you do? Where do you go when the federal courts won't hear it and the state courts won't hear it and the, and, and these oversights, the Center for Judicial Conduct won't dismiss everything's form letters back, form letters back. And the attorney for the child can physically assault <laughs> mothers more than one claim in New York State. Still, they're all these these state actors are still on my case. They will not recuse themselves. And, you know, they, 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 it's all OK. Fathers can uh, uh, sexually assault supervisors like it's all OK. Everything's all okay. I mean, this all leaves me speechless, which is rare. <laughs> and I just think I don't are you gonna re are you gonna open up another case and still go after them? Well, um most likely, because there's there's so many um various variables in my case. I have the theft of my uh, family business that's a whole nother separate case mm -hmm. um you know i'm i'm a little bit indecisive about um I probably most likely i'm going to do another federal case but anything with pro se is just immediately dismissed before it's heard in, in your state so you know what do you do when, when you know you're going to take take all this time and energy to, to put forth another 1983 federal civil rights case and it's, everything's just immediately dismissed um, if you're a pro se. So uh, if I win the lottery and can hire, you know, $20,000 attorneys, maybe I'll get heard and maybe I'll take it seriously. But if you Google my filings, Walker versus Shalakis or Walker versus um, McGinty, you can find those all on Pacer or on the internet. My my filings, because I have one year law school, are very in-depth and, you know, 33 pages or more. They're not just I'm filing a piece of paper saying, mm -hmm. oh, everybody's mean to me. You know, I'm stating case law. Yeah. I'm stating, um, you know, examples of, you know, every transcripts and, you know, all of this stuff and everything's just completely wiped. So, you know, do I want to spend the time? to do another federal 1983 when it's just going to be dismissed. Um, nobody will get off the case. Judge McGinty was sued right before trial um, and he would not recuse himself. And according to New York state, he doesn't have to. So this decision is very retaliatory and he can, he can rule however he wants with no, con can, no can, conscience. Can you sue them in their um, personal capacity? I believe you have to go through the state route after uh, it'll, everything will just be thrown out and you have to sue them on the federal level through 1983. As far as I understand, um, you know, the law, you can always bring up civil cases, but they usually, you know, again, dismiss it, you know, based on jurisdiction and that they're protected, um, you know, as judges and uh, as state actors. 
So that's what I what I understand. I could sue um, the father in a mm -hmm. civil case for sure. Um, and that might maybe get somewhere. Um, mm -hmm. But it's it's exhausting. Just, it is. Just, it's exhausting just to be able to see see your children. It's it's, it's ridiculous. The, the amount of hoops you have, you know, uh, mm -hmm. alienated parent have to has to go through to see to see their children. There's no rights for parents in New York State whatsoever. Well, hope, I'm hoping Morgan versus Morgan will change this and parents can use it as case law in yeah. their own, you know, hearings. Yeah, it's it's a it's recent, um, mm -hmm. and it, it's it's maybe hopefully uh, that maybe the appellate division is finally doing something, you know. But they were all represented, um, according to what I can see, um, they were all represented by um, attorneys, each party. So again, I don't think a pro se would uh, get as far. You know, probably everything dismissed. Everything is dismissed. I've seen it multiple times here in um in, in New York State while doing my own case law research. Well, I had um I had gotten two cases through the superior court, but um I think I tried for custody because my kids wanted fifty fifty, which we had been for almost ten years. And that that's a whole whole nother story that you're reading. But anyway, uh, they would never grant that because they have to have someone paying Title Four D funding with all these incentives that this is making. So I kind of understand that now, but I did go after the child support. Ju the judge was saying that I was always a full time nurse, and that just she said a lot of things that were not even factual, and I won that case. But I had to go back. I believe it was twice, and I just kept going back. I even said during a support conference after I had lost my nursing license, I, the opposing attorney didn't know I had lost it, but he had come in just as I was explaining this to the conference officer. Mm -hmm. And I looked over, and there he was, and his jaw was like, his jaw was open, his jaw dropped, and he says, I did not know this. I said, oh, you didn't know this? Yes, it's lost. And you know what? If I fail again at the Superior Court, I'm going to go back and do it again. Yeah. And yeah. Then that's that's what, how I, t I always talked to him like he was a fourth grader. I just didn't, I didn't care. Uh, this is the corruption that, that we have to deal with. I, that yeah. No way should any parent pay child support on a, a child you can't see. And then you have a father that's obstructing visitations. Yes. And, yeah. and who would do this to the mother of their child? If they truly love their kids, why would they do this to the mother of their child? Well, or you their father, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, parent or other uh, parent. Well, you get into, you know, the narcissistic... Um, you know, uh, theories that the the other parent, mother or father, because I think it's across the board, mm -hmm. uh, they just they just want to win. That's it. That's all mm -hmm. they care about. They want to use the children as pawns. They know that your children 
well, you know, taking that away is really going to hurt you. Um, and they make up, you know, own narratives in their head mm -hmm. that, oh, the mother's crazy, the mother's crazy. And, you know, and they tell everybody they know, and they're very convincing mm -hmm. that there's something mentally wrong with you. I was, I was the primary caregiver, never been, you know, any convictions against me, mm -mm. no mental health, you know, but um, as soon as we got divorced, I mentally deteriorated and I'm mentally unsound and he, just like, uh, you know, all, all narcissistic abusers telling my entire family, you know, oh, she's crazy and she's, she's nuts. And she, you know, look, the judge sided with me. So she must be crazy if she can't even see her children, don't you think, you know? Mm -hmm. So we get into that narcissistic, sociopathic, um, you know, mentality and even one of the forensic evaluators um, in my case, because I've had three mental health evaluations because I was deemed so mentally, you know, uh, unhealthy that uh, one of the forensic evaluators actually um, diagnosed him with narcissism. But again, completely ignored um, by everybody um, because I speak out against, you know, the judicial system in New York. Um, that doesn't as well that he was uh, had narcissistic tendency and he was convicted of drugging and raping more than one minor i have no convictions <laughs> and you know then for a while i was this major drug addict and you know i passed every drug test they put in front of me so they eventually got off that narrative so it's it's whatever narrative they tell to the court and it's whatever narrative that they had to convince themselves mm -hmm. um, and I really do think that the father convinces himself that I'm mentally and I really think that he believes that because he has to convince himself in order to justify him keeping the children away from a loving mother. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because, you know, we uh, are, you know, we dare to leave these abusers. Mm hmm. And then, yeah, how did he ever hook up with this uh, sadism? Uh, well, they in May of 2019, and that's, if you Google Shalakas versus Walker, it'll come right up. Um, I was in front of the, um, in front of the, the judge for a hearing because my daughter said that she went to a bondage party. Um, and, and I sent you also that photo. And um, I was raising concerns about that. And the father admitted that the children took the father took the children to the bondage party. And um, so during there to this bondage party that he went to, he met um, Miss Couple, Sarah, Mistress Couple, Sarah, who was doing a bondage um, demonstration there. And then that's how they connected at that uh, bondage party. Wow. Uh, that is absolutely crazy. What was he even thinking? If he was trying to get full custody, why would he even hook up with something like that? I mean, because I, I would think, boy, this is gonna, you know, she's gonna, she's gonna get custody if I hook up with her, which was the logical yeah. way of thinking. Yeah, and he was a registered sex offender, you know, mm -hmm. hooking up with a, a, a BDSM mistress who's running a brothel not too far from the home. But again, the the courts enable him 
uh, to, to do anything that, um, you know, what he says, you know, goes, the, the court enables this in type of behavior. He can have the court. Yeah. I can, I can alienate my kids. I can steal the family business. I can, I can do whatever I want and get away with it and be praised to be believed. And she's crazy and she's a drug addict. Like, you know, it, it's, it, it, the court system picks winners and losers. Um, and, and I'm the win, I'm the loser and he's the winner. And that's, that's the way it's, it's going to go because, you know, I have the, I have the, the audacity to stand up with, you know, my religious beliefs or, you know, my civil rights or even my right to parent my children. I'm going to stand up to this. So mm -hmm. I'm going to be you know, squashed. Um, mm -hmm. and they're going to show me, um, who's, who's the boss and who's the winner and who's the, who's the loser. That's the only explanation I have. Right. Yeah. They're, they're just not following the Constitution. I even know of a judge that screamed at a lawyer that she doesn't have to follow the Constitution. Yeah. Scary. And the New York State, you know, Bar Association, you know, it's a boy, it's a boy and girls clubs, like uh, protection on that level, federal protection, the federal courts don't want to do anything. Um uh, in regards to the state, so you you got the state washing the federal courts back, you know, and vice versa. And the attorney for the, the child program is run out of the third department, and um, it, which is on the appellate level. So you know, it's 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 a big it's a big circle mm -hmm. of the of the boys and girls club. Again, that's the only, you know, explanation I have of why this is happening to mm -hmm. not only to me, but many parents I know mm -hmm. in New York State, including Francesca, and many others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like um, the fit parent, the loving parent, always gets their kids taken away. Yeah, and I think, you know, maybe it's, I believe in the National Women's Coalition uh, you know, and I'm just rattling these statistics off my head. Maybe you can correct me, but 68% of those who claim, you know, domestic abuse, which he's had many, um, the father in this case had many uh, police calls in regards to physical abuse in the past, the same kind of situations and, um, 68% lose custody, um, in, I believe some one statistic said for claims of domestic abuse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard that too. And I think, so, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> uh, I think that so, uh, when you are too honest in the courtroom, you're going to have your kids yeah. taken away. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it's, a, it's a real problem and parental alienation is a real problem across the board as well. Yes. It's, it's a, it's, you know, the, since the father, in my case, stole the family business, he, and I have receipts for this, he has spent over $150,000 on his attorneys. That attorney that he's hired in that law firm's going to be in that courtroom the next day or in a month on a different court. I'm not, they're never seeing me again. Who cares? You know, so it's about money and it's about who can hire the most lawyers and throw the most money at the lawyers and um, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. I ran out of money 
long time, four years. I've been at this since 2018. I haven't seen my kids in two years um, or talked to them really in two years. Um, I ran out of money and was doing things, you know, on my own a long time ago after lawyer after lawyer after lawyer wouldn't put forth a proper, you know, proceedings unless I threw tens of thousands of dollars at them, you know, but the father stole the family successful family company and again, just gets away with it. Mm -hmm. You know, do you have relatives, you know, emotionally supporting you at all? Or did he persuade them? Uh, a mix of both, for sure. Some, and I believe this is pretty common, he would convince, because he convinced me for a long time. I didn't know a third uh, fraction of the stuff that was going on. His, his, um, I knew his registry, but I didn't know the contents of his registry before um, filings and proceedings that he had um you know, all these charges with all these different women, women, I didn't know any of that. And so he's very convincing as, you know, sociopaths and narcissistic people are to convince a lot of family members. Um, and I believe this is a common problem, even after divorce, you know, he has to pick, you know, be on my side, be on my side. She's crazy. She's crazy. She's crazy. You know, very convincing. He's very convincing. He convinced me. Um, of a lot of lies for, you know, I was married for 15 years. I, I believed a lot of them. So I don't hold resentment towards a lot of family members, um, towards that for picking his side and believing that I, you know, I'm mentally unsound. Um, but some, some family members have seen through his, his bullshit or excuse me, his, that's okay. His, yeah, his bull and, and some family members haven't. So, you know, it's a mix. I think through any separation, any divorce, you're going to lose friends and family members. Um, but some have believed him and bought into the narrative and some mm -hmm. have not. Yeah, I, I mean, that's pretty. Yeah, I mean, there was a time when blood was thicker than water, but it just doesn't hold true. Not anymore. Yeah, so not only are a lot of parents dealing with um, the loss, you know, not only dealing with the loss of my children, but I'm also dealing with the loss of a lot of family members, too. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, how how can you believe that, you know, believe this when, like, you would think in, in times of need, family members would be try be as supportive as you can. But um, some family members and friends have chosen to um, believe the narrative that um, he's spinning and he's very convincing. He's very, he's very good. Mm -hmm. I was convinced and I consider myself an, an intelligent person. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, I let go of that resentment, but it's, it's really sad um, that not only do a lot of alienated parents have to lose their children, but they have to lose friends and family along the way too. Yeah. And I think, you know, when people, file for divorce they should be aware of this that this can happen yeah i i had no idea like when i went into this that the, <laughs> that the court would you know issue such orders to, that would never see my children again but this you know deep down inside i knew this was uh, uh his narrative that this is the person that he was and that's the reason why i divorced him because i knew 
like if I ever left him and he made many threats that I will, I will ruin you financially. I will ruin you, your life. I will take the most precious thing from you um, because you have, you know, the audacity to, to leave, to leave me. Um, so I, I knew this was who he truly was, but I had no idea that the courts blindsided that the courts would uh, restrict any access to my children for years and years and years. You know, I did not see that. No, no. And I wonder how many other parents he has done this to. McGinty? Yeah. Yeah, many. Um, you Again, check maybe my numbers, but I believe there has been over, you know, 100 complaints filed against Judge McGinty. Mm. He's been sued by multiple women. There's a New York Post um, article up uh, that he's been sued for favoring um, abusive parents mostly mostly misogynistic um abusive men but not every but not all not every time but um and the reason why this judge mcginty favors abusive parents i can't answer that uh, what what he's thinking or why or you know i don't know unless maybe he's you know got his own demons he's dealing with i mean i have no explanation for a lot of this i wonder when the last time judge mcginty had a psychological evaluation done oh, much man. less a drug test yeah i i i joke about that too catherine sherlockus was known as being one of the most off-handled judges um in the county but her father was a well-known judge and I've had attorneys tell me, you know, under the table or, you know, in the back room saying like, she needs a mental health evaluation. Mm -hmm. And when the attorney for the child, Douglas Broda attacked me on the stand, uh, I, I had a, a lawyer who was an advisor. I said, what, literally what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> like yeah. what is he attack, physically attacking me? Like, and, his, and the attorney's like, well, we, he might have Asperger's. I'm like, well, how can you? Oh, <laughs> but he's an attorney for the child. It's physically attacking oh, my. parents. I... They don't like what they have to say. Like, what is? And this guy is in a position of power. Nobody will say anything. Nobody will do anything. The, the attorney office for the child program gave him an award last last year. Like, you know, and he has this. He during the trial, he objected over 300 times during my testimony. He did not object once uh, for the father's testimony, not once and defended um, the the paramour, the sex worker, Sarah, because she has this huge um, bondage tattoo on her leg of a naked woman in bondage. And the attorney for the trial called it art um, and looked up the artist. And, and it was just like, what? <laughs> Like, am I, am I in real life right now? Am I, am yeah, I, oh real? and you know, this is all on transcripts. This is all on the record. And, you know, it's okay that, you know, that the children see this because it's art. Uh, <laughs> that's hardly, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, were you, were you, art able, <laughs> yeah. were you able to, I don't know, uh, file assault and battery charges with him attacking you on the stand? 
No, um, not yet. I believe you can file criminal again uh, charges on the federal level, but they're all dismissed. Um, I, the only saving grace to that is that it's still on the record. You know, so when you Google him, this attorney for the child, um, you know, it's now two women who have sued him. But again, you know, props to James Kelly, there's no cameras in the courtroom. So when I filed my disqualification um, motion that he should be recused because I have it on, you know, the transcripts that he did this to me um, because I was scared of him. Mm -hmm. um, he, he wrote, he did, he did not, he didn't deny it, but he wrote back in his filings that he has a right to be aggressive you know, on a, on a stand. So, and he won't disqualify himself. So I just don't put a lot of, um, be, dealing with this for five years. I don't put a lot of stock into filing any type of criminal charges on the federal level, because it's just going to be dismissed unless I hire an attorney mm -hmm. and pay tens of thousands of dollars. And what attorney wants to go after another one? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't. Not not many, mm -mm. right? So um, it, it, I I can I can do that. That is an option that I am exploring at this time. But um, do I have a lot of faith that it'll get anywhere? No, especially as a pro se filer. What about at the civil level in the lower court? I, I believe in New York State, and I I can look it up and maybe get back to you. Um, I believe you're not allowed to file on the civil because they are a state actor, um, oh. in New York State. But I'd have to I had to look at it. But last time I looked, I believe that was that was the case. And again, if I if I pay an attorney, maybe I can file civil charges. But I believe it'll be dismissed because I would have to file on the on the civil or on the federal level because they're state actor protected in New York state. I believe that's the way it works, but I could be, could be wrong. And you have not even spoken to your kids in two years. Correct. This is terrible. Mm -hmm. That, you know, this is, you know, parental alienation um, uh, via the court system. You know, they're doing this to parents, like um, no uh, contact via landline, iPhone, iPad, holidays, either Mother's Day or even Father's Day for, you know, men. I mean, it's just, they are just making things so much worse for these kids. Yeah, in my, in my case, the father wants me completely cut out from his life. And, and replaced by, you know, a sex worker in my case. So he wants me to go away. Everybody wants me to shut up and and go away and act like I never existed um, in their life is is what they want. And the courts support him mm -hmm. in this. And your your kids are, they're, are they tweens? Are they going into their teens? Uh, 10 and 7. So they're getting oh. a little bit older. Um, but, you know... It, there's no, as far as I understand in New York state, there's no, like if they turn 13, they can speak for themselves. Um, they'll, all, they'll always be under this attorney for the child mm -hmm. um, till they're 18. And the attorney for the child gets to speak for them and physically assault mothers, I guess, um, in New York state. 
till for another eight years at least. Well, you know, in when when my kids were sequestered, my son told the judge what he wanted was to go back to 50-50 as we had been bouncing back and forth between the houses. That's that's what they were used to and happy with. So he came out and the opposing attorney and the judge both twisted his words. Yeah. So it's almost like you just can't get a fair shake in these family courtrooms at all. No, not at all. And I believe in the decision, um, it said that the, the children do want to see me, but they make it so restrictive where the father gets to choose my mental health counselor and then gets to choose whether that's sufficient enough. And you think he's really going to say, oh, yeah, she needs mental health counseling and, and things are going to change. There's no there's no pathway. There's no nothing. Um, you know, so I've kind of accepted a long time ago that I that I'm not going to see or talk to my children for some time because they just give him all the power because he's the winner and I'm the loser um, in this custody case. You know, I'm sure he talks to the kids about what happens in court and what motions are filed and things like that, because that's, that's what mine was doing. Do you think he's probably doing that, educating your kids on the court system? Uh, no, it's my assumption. What I believe is happening is that the father is telling the children that it's my choice that I don't want to be around them and that mm. they need to accept the choice. I believe, you know, in his, cause I was married to him for 15 years. I think he gets enraged whenever the kids probably bring it up and they don't want to, um, you know, enrage the, enrage the father mm -hmm. and the children, you know, they're just going to go along pro quo and not upset the father. And he's probably telling them that it's my choice that I don't want to, to be with them or speak with them. So, um, you know, at least I can get it here and on the record, you know, one day when they reach out finally, cause I don't believe the father can control these children forever and mm -hmm. that they'll reach out to me at some point and it'll be on record saying, no, I didn't have a choice mm -hmm. um, with so many factors, you know, so that I'm, that gives me a little bit of, you know, hope for the future that they, they'll know that, you know, I'll file lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit mm -hmm. and motion after motion after motion to see and try to talk to you, talk mm -hmm. to them. Right. And the thing is, as a pro se, and I'm sure you've gotten this as well, is that when you stand up for yourself and you're filing the right motions and and you're doing everything right, then they call you litigious and vexatious. Oh, yes. I, I, I've, I've received that quite a bit. At one point, they were trying to um, get a uh, a lawyer to speak on my behalf because they thought I was, you know, just so crazy for these, you know, filings. That's absolutely, you know, one of their, you know, defenses that I'm so litigious. And she sued two judges and two lawyers, you know, how dare she? Look how oh. Is and she just spends all this time filing all these motions, and she could spend time, you know, trying to actually get her children back, you know. And I have, I played the supervised visitation mm -hmm. games, you know, you know. But oh, it's okay, we can sexually assault them, but you know, we're not gonna, we're gonna just brush that under the rug, you know. But she filed something, you know. I absolutely received, you know, that 
that feedback that I'm just litigious and definitely the writing mm-hmm. on that coattails for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I make a defense like I'm doing this on behalf of my children who have a right to see their mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know. Oh, I what parents go through is just absolutely so sad. Uh, I even, you know, when I had my kids over the weekend, my every other weekend, you know, because I was so dangerous and mentally ill. But, uh, you know, my child came to me and he said, Mom, if you would just act normal in court, this all would stop. (laughs) And good thing I didn't bust out. I didn't. I just said, you know, we're not discussing this. This has nothing to do with you to even talk about this. We're not supposed to talk about this. Yeah. And and they and they they spend anything that they can um, in, in this court. If you if you talk about it, you know, you're. You're, you're talking about the kids to the court system about the, you know, about you're talking bad about the father, you know, if you bring it up and if you don't, you know, you don't want to be around your kids, like no matter what you do is wrong, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. They'll, they'll spin it any way that they can to fit their narrative. 100%. Now, have you, oh yeah. It's, it, have you had CPS involved at all? Yeah. See, you know, I have over 70 documents of you know this sex work out of the home and you know roasting private parts in the backyard and like all this crazy stuff and um nothing is ever founded um i've contacted the troy police department where um the photographer um and Sarah, I have children, I have, it's right on their Facebook, children in these boudoir type settings, photographs, and well, it's inappropriate, but nothing illegal. I've had state police look at, you know, all of this. I don't have uh, pictures of children being sexually assaulted, but I have them in boudoir photos. I have, you know, testimony of my daughter saying they were at bondage parties. Um, but uh you know, it's all inappropriate, but nothing, you know, nothing oh. illegal. I, I've put all, I've explored all avenues and um, it's all on deaf ears across the board. Oh. CPS is not founded. Um, you know, everything's not, not founded and I'm just, you know, crazy with an agenda. Oh, this is terrible. I am so sorry. This is happening and you know it's a shame federal court isn't doing its job yeah it's a real shame and they've gotten worse yes you know, in new york state um my walker versus shellacus was at least heard um even though it was dismissed based on quasi-judicial immunity this last one um walker versus um uh, wasn't even heard it was dismissed before it was even heard based on it was a frivolous filing even though it was cited case laws and transcripts and mm. you know and you could google all of it and see it yourself so mm. it's gotten worse and i've seen other parents go through the same thing you know like where a mother had sued the attorney for the child for spitting on her and um calling her racial slurs the same one in my case that was sued by a different woman um, and it, it was the same. They're sending like these 68 page uh, reasons why it's frivolous, you know, all this 
legal flowered language and you look at it it's like you're not an attorney like what does this even mean you know yeah. the same packet of like you know your filing is frivolous and you need to do all these hoops and you know uh, that I don't even understand you know maybe mm -hmm. a lawyer don't like what are they even saying you know and it's the same I'm seeing the same you know packet of um, filing you know towards pro se litigants who try to bring up civil rights issues uh, against the courts, which are a lot. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's it's very sick that they are destroying this nation, doing this to fit loving parents. Yeah. And, but it's really sad. Yeah. And I'd, I'd like to have you come back on again. Yes, you know, I love that. Yeah, I we, we need you to come back on so we you can give us updates and see what's going on. And I hope in some way Morgan versus Morgan can help you because it's so powerful. Yeah, it's it's great. And um, it's the first of kind of its um, kind as far as child support orders and parental alienation. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, hopefully, hopefully the ship's uh, turning and so many parents are just so fed up with the court systems, you know, across the country that mm -hmm. uh, I, I know is, you know, swollen. <laughs> All the parents yeah. have, um, are dealing with same issues um, with these lower court judges with mm -hmm. all this immunity and power. Well, I yeah, this is terrible. Uh, but um, if there's anything you would do differently as a pro se, well, what would that be? You know, I have conflicting thoughts on that. I feel in some capacities I've gotten more of a voice as a pro se litigant. Um, I could come forth with more of the facts where I feel attorneys try and um, squash your voice or, you know, mm -hmm. that didn't happen. Or I don't think it's a good idea to file that. But there's a huge amount of discrimination um, towards pro se litigants in the court system. You, mm -hmm. you pay to play uh, in New York State anyway. So mm -hmm. if I had $100,000, $200,000, I would probably hire um, a, attorneys out in, in big law firms to with, with a lot of money, you know, out of New York City. But um, just to kind of, because, you know, you know, these, these, uh, this abuse, this legal abuse by the legal system is taxing, uh, on, on pro se protective parents. So on one hand, I feel like if I just had $200,000, maybe I would have a chance <laughs> in this mm -hmm. legal system, but also when you get these, um, you know, court appointed attorneys, they don't care no. at all zero and I feel like I've had more of a voice um in my own case so I, I'm a little conflicted you know on on all of that um if you have two hundred thousand dollars lying around yeah I have big big lawyers so you can be taking more seriously but that's usually not the case um mm -hmm. and I don't recommend uh court appointed attorneys <laughs> you almost do worse as a pro you know as a, a protective parent in the court system that I have found um, mm -hmm. because they are, have 20 other assignments they got to get through. And mm -hmm. um, 
So it's it's a double-edged sword. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. As a pro se, I well, feel that, like. Yeah, I think that's good advice to just avoid the court-appointed attorney route. Yes. You're better off. Um, I have found in my own case, you're better off having a voice because even though your uh, filings are ignored, by the court system, at least you have it at more of a voice where court appointed will just completely, you know, file one page motions or miss deadlines and not not care of your pay of your case at all. But if you have hundreds of thousands of dollars lying around for your own mental health, I think it would be better to hire a lawyer. If you can find a lawyer you trust, go that route. But um, I have found they are extremely hard to find, far in between. And I've mm -hmm. I've searched all of New York State that would actually, you know, give two cents about or give two two craps about uh, my case here in New York. They I haven't found that that exists. What a shame. Well, how can parents reach you if they have any questions? Yeah, uh, feel free to reach out. I'm Alicia Clark on Facebook, A-L-I-S-H-A-C-L-A-R-K. You can Google Shalakis versus Walker for more information um, or Walker versus McGinty on Google. Or my email is my name, Alicia Clark, A-L-I-S-H-A-C-L-A-R-K at me.com me.com well i'm going to have you back on so Thank you. and, and uh, keep me posted so I will. uh don't jump up slam the gavels a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms i'm your host marianne petrie author of dismantling family court corruption why taking the kids was not enough and cry out for justice poems of truth please join us again here in the future with alicia clark walker and her case from, uh, I, I was going to say hell, but I, I don't know what else to call it. Rensselaer County. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you for speaking out. Thank you for having me. And thank you for this platform for myself and a lot of other parents who don't have a voice in the court system. Thank you very much. Thank you.